I'm Jorge Salazar, reporting from the Texas Advanced Computing Center. The SC15 Supercomputing Conference takes place in Austin this November. SC15 showcases the latest in high-performance computing, networking, storage, and analysis to advance scientific discovery, research, education, and commerce. On the podcast is Thomas Jordan, a professor of Earth Sciences at the University of Southern California and the director of the Southern California Earthquake Center a big national collaboration of over a thousand earthquake experts and 70 institutions. Dr. Jordan uses the computational resources of EXCEED, the extreme science and engineering discovery environment, to model earthquakes and help reduce their risk to life and property. Dr. Jordan was invited to speak at SC15 on the societal impact of earthquake simulations at extreme scale. Here's Thomas Jordan. Now, what are some of the biggest ways you found that computer simulations are making a difference in how people prepare for earthquakes? Well, uh, you know, one of the things we need to know to prepare is, you know, how strong is the shaking going to be during an earthquake? That is a difficult question because, obviously, when you are near a fault that is rupturing, you're going to have high ground motions, lots of shaking, lots of damage. As you move away from that fault, that uh, shaking becomes less intense. But what we found with computer simulation is that the shaking due to earthquakes can be very complex and depend upon the three-dimensional geology of your environment. So in a city like Los Angeles, where I live, there are sedimentary basins, there are tall mountains, and the shaking differs quite a bit depending on where you are. In particular, if you are in these big sedimentary valleys, they act like bowls of jelly and can amplify the shaking quite a bit. A second effect we have to worry about that we can get at with simulations is what we call earthquake directivity. That is, uh, when a fault ruptures, a lot of energy gets shoved in the direction that the fault is rupturing, and that can really affect the intensity of shaking. Those effects can couple into the geology to give rise to uh, some pretty unusual phenomena. For example, we discovered some years ago through simulation that if the San Andreas Fault were to rupture in its southern part and propagate upwards towards Los Angeles, that you get very high amplitude waves that are essentially funneled into the Los Angeles region through these sedimentary basins, and the shaking is much larger than we would have anticipated uh, using uh, simpler methods. So that's an example. We're talking about some pretty serious stuff here. Um, would you maybe uh, talk a little bit about the center that you lead, the Southern California Earthquake Center, and one of the programs developed? Tell us about ShakeOut and what's important for people to know about it. Well, let me talk about something uh, before that. Before talking about ShakeOut, just to talk about what society needs in order to anticipate earthquakes. One thing we need is a good earthquake forecast. We have to know, uh, you know, where earthquakes are going to occur, how big they're going to be, how much shaking they're going to produce. We would like to be able to predict when they're going to occur. We can't do that now, but we do know something about the frequency with which large earthquakes uh, happen. And all of that information can be encoded in something we call an earthquake rupture forecast. And one of the things that we've done here at the uh, Southern California Earthquake Center is worked with the U.S. Geological Survey to develop new earthquake rupture forecasts for California. And uh, as you can imagine, with a state as large as California with uh, a very complex system of faults, we have many hundreds of active faults in California, 
that that is quite an undertaking to develop an earthquake rupture forecast. Uh, we have done that, and we have applied new methods to uh, deriving those forecasts. Those methods include doing very large computer calculations, and here we've used the, uh, the TAC supercomputer, Sampede, to develop uh, these very complex earthquake rupture forecasts. And these have now become the standard earthquake rupture forecasts for California. And they're, uh, for example, in the so-called national uh, seismic hazard model. So that's, I think, an example of the kind of contribution that we make here at SCAC, the Southern California Earthquake Center, working with our colleagues at the U.S. Geological Survey. Yeah, thank you. I was hoping you would touch on the resources that you use. I know that you use Exceed resources, including TAC and, um, and other centers. Would you like to maybe speak a little bit more to that? Yeah. Uh, you know, these kinds of problems are problems in earthquake system science. We have to deal with the entire earthquake system. That means the, the fault systems that produce earthquakes, the geologic structures that affect the way the waves propagate, uh, the local site effects near where large concentrations of people are in urban areas. So we have to understand uh, a lot of specific details. And we have found that computer simulation is the best way to put all of that information together and from that to come up with models that are predictive, that, that can help us uh, figure out what we should do in the future to anticipate earthquakes. So these national computing resources are very important to earthquake system science, and uh, we've used them to great advantage. The uh, Exceed program with the, giving us access to Stampede, we've done many types of earthquake simulations. We've developed earthquake rupture forecasts uh, using Exceed resources. We have done a number of uh, large earthquake simulations that uh, of specific earthquakes and what their specific effects might be. Uh, one of those simulations done back in uh, 2008, or a set of such simulations, we used to set up a program called the Great California Shakeout. And so uh, we did a very detailed earthquake simulation of a magnitude 7.8 earthquake on the San Andreas Fault, calculated the ground motions that that would produce uh, in California, especially in the Los Angeles area. And then we, that was given to uh, many people that are interested in earthquake effects. For example, the water and power companies, uh, the energy providers, the uh, resource providers for the Los Angeles region, they took those simulations and said, okay, how would we respond? What, what would happen to the water system? What would happen in terms of fires being started? How would it affect the, the uh, flow of energy into these large urban areas? And I think the results were fairly surprising. I think it was an eye-opener in that the uh, people who are concerned with earthquake effects to specific urban systems, uh, eyes were opened by the rather extensive damage that could be done. Uh, for example, uh, the, uh, an example of a fragile system is the, uh, is the sewer system. You know, you, you think of big earthquakes and, the, and all the damage that it causes, you rarely think about the damage that goes on underground, but it would take Los Angeles uh, six months to a year to get its sewer system back up and running after a large earthquake. And I think these types of simulations and, and the, the studies that have come out of the great uh, California shakeout simulation have led to a recognition that we have to do something about these problems. And you may know that uh, Los Angeles Mayor Garcetti has released a plan called Resilience by Design to 
improve the infrastructure of Los Angeles to retrofit certain types of dangerous buildings. And I think that uh, that particular program owes a lot to uh, the kinds of studies that have been done using earthquake simulations. Now, how has uh, high-performance computing changed the way um, maybe scientists look at earthquakes and also maybe in the broader picture of society, how society responds to earthquakes? Well, I think it's, had a, it's already had a big impact. I just gave you an example uh, from the 2008 uh, ShakeOut exercise, but we have other uh, good examples of this. Uh, I'll give you one. The Pacific Gas and Electric Company, the largest utility in the United States, uh, services to a lot of California, uh, they have 60 federally regulated dams uh, distributed throughout the state. And those dams, uh, which impound a lot of water, of course, uh, are threatened by large earthquakes because you can actually destroy a dam and, and cause a huge disaster uh, if that happens. So PG&E is uh, considering how they w- must seismically retrofit those dams to make them safer. They estimate that's going to require about $30 billion worth of investment in retrofitting of these federally regulated dams. In order to do that properly, they have to have some estimate of the hazard that those dams face. Uh, Right now, there are lots of uncertainties in the hazard analysis that we can do for earthquakes in California, but we believe that those uncertainties can be reduced significantly through the use of simulation methods. And uh, our preliminary estimates, uh, we indicate that we can reduce the uncertainties uh, in our hazard estimates enough to be of tremendous advantage in in, uh, shall we say, properly allocating the resources to places that need it and, and not so much to places where the earthquake threat is lower. Well, Dr. Jordan, thanks again for taking this time out. What's the most important thing you want people today to know about using supercomputers to understand earthquakes? Well, I think one thing they need to understand is that uh, we need a lot of supercomputer time in order to be able to uh, do these calculations. Some of our simulation models that are based on the simulation of earthquake physics can take literally hundreds of millions of hours of computer time to generate. These are very complex uh, system-level calculations. They're, they're of the similar complexity to trying to calculate what Earth's climate is going to be like uh, in 50 years because of uh, human activities and CO2 uh, charging the atmosphere. It's, it's a similar scale of problem. These Problems that deal with natural hazards and the complexity of the Earth system really require very large computers to be able to simulate that activity. And uh, we're frankly looking forward to the day when uh, computers are, are 10 times or 100 times or more faster than they are today. You've been listening to Thomas Jordan. For the Texas Advanced Computing Center, I'm Jorge Salazar.